1: The, slaughter. We on that haunted three the three spooked
0: girls Hey there, spooksters. Welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Jessica, and as always, I'm joined by my favorite Gal pal, Tara. Hey Spooksters. Today, as promised on Monday's episode, I am doing a deep dive into one of the stories that we did. And that was the first one that I read, which was about the man who unalived a person for taking his candy. Yeah. Now, I'm going ab- to tell, like, I can tell you that I don't really think that happened the way that they're, they're telling it. Yeah. So in the article, they call him Lindell Peoples. But his name is actually Linda Lee. Okay. So, okay.
1: That's kind of a big thing to mess up. <laughs> Fucking name? Yeah. So, like, I Googled it several times. That's not his name at all?
0: No. And I Googled <laughs> it several times. Sorry. Thinking that it was like, and I didn't Google like Halloween what? murder, blah, blah, blah. Right. But like, the victim's name is right. And. Well, I mean, good. But his name is Linda Lee. Okay, I know it's right because he's a junior because his name is Linda no, Lee no, no, no. Jr.
1: I wasn't saying the na- his name you're saying is his name is wrong. I was just like, where the, f- like, did he, I was confused. I'm like, where the fuck did that co- last name come from? <laughs> mm.
0: No, no clue.
1: Nothing. Okay. All right.
0: So Linda Lee Jr., who is also known as Skip, but I won't refer to him as Skip at any point in time in this episode, but thought fun facts for you guys was born July 31st, 1965, in Blytheville, Arkansas. So he shares Harry Potter's birthday. Oh. I mean, not like the actual year, but the date. Yes. Not much is known about Lindell's childhood. He is the second of seven children, and his upbringing wasn't the most stable, especially in the first few years of his life. His mother was young and was an alcoholic. Gotcha. At the age of five, Lyndall and his family moved in with his maternal grandmother, and the house wasn't in great shape, and it was, like, basically dilapidated, but it wasn't just falling apart. It was also filled with a shit ton of people, his mm-hmm. aunts, uncles, cousins, neighbors. Basically, his grandma was like, you you live near me or you know me, you need a place to sleep, come, come to my house. mm mm-hmm. He has an older brother and we know of two siblings. Like I said, he was the second of seven, but like we've identified two of them. He has a sister named Patricia Young and Chantelle Tidwell. While in the house with his grandmother, he and his older brother didn't have beds. They would basically try to find the best piece of floor they could find and then make makeshift beds to sleep on. So, you know, pillows, blankets, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. When it was really hot outside, because mind you, this is Arkansas. So we're talking right. muggy hot. weather. Yeah. Humidity up Oof. the yeah. everything. When it was really hot outside, it was said that the, he and his brother would take their sheet and put it like at a, with a box fan and make like a little tunnel to sleep inside of, which I was like, that's smart. Mm-hmm. That's smart. And in the winter, they would try to sleep as close to the oven as possible. Because that was the family's, like, main heat source. Gotcha. So the oven was going all the time. It was also said that if it was super-duper cold, they would turn the burners on as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the sheer volume of people living in this house, Lindell's grandmother would have to put locks on, like, the food storage, like, the refrigerator, the cabinets and stuff, because otherwise they would fucking eat her out of house and home.
1: Oh, shit. Yeah.
0: Imagine... This is kind of the house I'm picturing. Imagine like the size of like a normal like two bedroom house, right? Like there's a living room, kitchen, a couple bedrooms and then having like 12 people live in it. If you weren't regulating that, you would run out of food very fast. Yeah. And they didn't have a lot of money. Right. At all. In fact, Lyndall would most of the time only eat at school like he wouldn't eat at home. Because he would basically understand that his siblings needed food, and he would give up his his food for his siblings.
1: Aww. Mm-hmm.
0: School was really difficult for him. He was actually put into special ed, and then he was held back twice. So he wasn't doing really good. hmm And... I, I almost said understandably, but it is kind of understandably when you're in that much poverty and you're not really like thriving in school. And it, it seems like there's so many people in your house that you're like, I don't like does it fucking matter what I do? Mm-hmm. You kind of get lost in the shuffle. And so what he ended up doing was to kind of provide for himself. He would steal. So he would steal bikes and TVs and anything that had a value so he could sell or pawn it. All right. Right. By the time he reached 13, he was actually like arrested and he was put mm. in juvie. And while he was in there, he actually received a head injury that would lead to a brain damage.
1: Oh shit.
0: And it I was really unclear about this because the way that they were talking about it, it kind of seemed like he had hit his head and then something happened because he was so afraid of needles, he wouldn't let them like give him stitches. Oh man. About this point in time, He's trying really hard to, like, better his life, and he moves to Georgia with his family. And at this point, he's like, school isn't for me. I'm not going to do school. And he's, like, 15, right? So this is, like, the late 70s, early 80s. Uh-huh. And so he drops out of school because he starts becoming, a like, a handyman, Mm -hmm. And people in Georgia were like, oh, my God, he's really good. He was a hard worker. He would like show up raring to go. He would get the job done and he did good quality work. So people were like, oh, my God, hire Mm -hmm. Lindell to do your shit.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And he thought, you know, I want to kind of get away from my family. And his brother was stationed in Colorado because he was in the military. So he thought, what I'll do is I will leave Georgia and go live with my brother. And I will, mm-hmm. like, be a handyman out there. The only problem is, is, when he got to Colorado, there wasn't steady enough work for him. So he was only out there mm-hmm. for, like, three, three months or so. Okay. And at this point, like, I don't know if his family had, like, left Georgia or what. But he ends up going back to Arkansas to stay with his grandmother. And then he fell back into his old ways. So he starts robbing and he he has a laundry list of kind of things that end up happening to him and really the next time that we know anything that see this is the other thing they say that it was like halloween but Mm -hmm. little is kind of known in this this like middle part but we do know he starts dating a woman by the name of deborah reese And she's 26 years old. So he starts dating her and little is known. But what we do know is that on February 9th of 1993, she was found strangled and beaten with a small bat. (gasps) And it says that like her, it was like given to her by her husband. I'm not quite sure what was going on. Basically, A bunch of her neighbors said that they saw him, like, knocking on doors in the area. And Mm. they basically were like, oh, he he did this. And they also accused him. Basically, they were accusing him of, like, stealing money from her. But after Mm. she was found, Lyndall was caught pretty quickly, like, within an hour. And Mm. he was charged with first-degree murder, which, you know, is... A big deal, yeah. They said he allegedly struck her like thirty six times, <gasps> mm-hmm. mm. and you know he goes to court. And I'm just I have to preface and say this: like this is Arkansas, so it's kind of the yeah midwesty, southy area. Mm-hmm. And lyndall was a black man, and yeah. so it was pretty quick. Within a couple of years, he actually was, he was sent to prison and he was actually sentenced to death on October 16th, 1995. While he was in there, more crimes apparently popped up. Three other people accused him of sexual assault and he was convicted of two of them. One which was a 1991 and then one was a 1990. The other one just like didn't fall through. There was just there was just a lot of things that were kind of, like, heaped up on to Lindell's case. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that Lindell didn't do this. I'm not sure if he did or did not. I wasn't there, so I don't know. But as of 1995, he was placed on death row, and he actually equated it to being, like, in the Twilight Zone. It was, like, a surreal experience for him. Mm-hmm. Lindell was like, I'm innocent. I didn't commit these crimes. And he was like, hey, like he actually would end up going on to work with the Innocent Project and the ACLU. And they were trying to get DNA and like blood and hair evidence that was collected at the crime scene tested. Now, here is the big problem that I have with this case. So generally, like with an appeal, like if you have like legitimate evidence, yeah. hair blood, that kind of stuff. You should get that tested. A judge should get that tested and rule out this person. That's not what happened. The judge at the time denied the request to have this evidence tested. Why? I mean. No, no, no. Like, what did he say? (laughs) Oh. On the record, it was why. The reasoning given by the judge was that it wouldn't matter. That there were three people who saw him at or near that neighborhood on that day and time. And honestly, the DNA just wouldn't matter. <gasps> that, yeah. Wow. Right. Because nobody in ever the fucking history of the world has been in the same place about the same time as a murder happened.
1: We're going to just act like, what year was that?
0: Nineteen
1: eighty-three. Okay. It's not, it's not that long ago. No, I was like, what the fuck? So we're going to act like DNA. I mean, okay, we know this isn't the case with this guy, but I could see the DNA thing being like, meh, because like back then, or even as recent as then, it was like kind of controversial still. Well, right. But at the same time, being but I'm like, not okay, saying well, that's this case. <laughs> let's no, rely but- on eyewitness testimony that fucking is not reliable and everybody fucking knows it's not first exactly. of all
0: <laughs> and to be like the honestly the dna wouldn't matter it would matter because what if yeah. they tested all of the d like every bit of dna that was collected at the scene and Lindell's dna wasn't there
1: exactly like that would hmm, i wonder i wonder
0: mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and that was said by the prosecutor the judge also said My decision was that it wasn't likely to change the verdict, which was said by Judge Hubert Wright.
1: Fucking Hubert.
0: And he told that to CNN. So he like told that to big people. And that basically saying that that eyewitness testimony is more knowledgeable than DNA, which I get in the 90s, people were like, okay, like it was a it was kind of a pseudoscience. But even in the 90s, they used it. Exactly. Oh, my God. I know. So he, he tried and he like, he kept trying to get it open. He even tried in like federal court and nothing would happen. Basically, like they were even trying to say like, look, he, you know, he had fetal alcohol syndrome disorder. He had significant brain damage. He was intellectually disabled. You know, like they were trying to show that like, he's not, I don't want to say this to be me, but he wasn't like crafty enough to fucking like cover his tracks like that.
1: Oh, okay. Mm -hmm.
0: But also, like, he's saying, like, I didn't do this. And, you know, I get it. He was found guilty and whatnot. But you know what really fucking grinds my gears about this particular case? Hmm. So he was basically, like, after he lost all his appeals and all this shit, they were like, okay, we're going to, he's going to be put to death by lethal injection. Hmm. The state of fucking Arkansas decided that because during this time, we could no longer purchase what was I don't know the actual like you know mixture that they were using for the legal lethal injection at the time, uh-huh. but we were purchasing it from companies in Europe, and then at the time, Europe had prohibited the export of the drug like one of the drugs that was needed to do this, uh-huh, so it basically put a time a deadline because the right. shit does expire. Yeah. And they were like, hey, there are these eight death row inmates that we need to basically execute before the shit expires.
1: <gasps>
0: and the state of Arkansas did it, and it was in oh April of god. 2017. What? April 2017. That is like that's fucking 5 years ago.
1: Oh my god.
0: So Linda Lee was among them. Don Davis, Stacey Johnson, Jack Harold Jones, Jason McGee, Bryce Earl Ward, Kenneth Williams, and Marcel Williams were all executed by the end of April in 2017 wow. because of the fact that they were literally going to have their drug expired and they didn't want to waste it. I have no fucking
1: words. Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's like, oh, we better fucking use this milk before it goes bad. Like, what the fuck? Right, it's not the same. No. This involves people like, oh my god. What the that is so crazy.
0: Right? So, basically, it was like he was set to be executed on April 20th, 2017, mm-hmm. and the Supreme Court was trying to to vote on this. And they had a five-four vote, and basically Arkansas was allowed to proceed with their wow their rapid-fire execution. And Lindell was amongst that. He was only executed thirty minutes after the Supreme Court ruling. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. So he was. They were like ready. <sighs> mm-hmm. Now. Flash forward to four years later, DNA is now a thing that is believed, and <laughs> yeah. they they test the DNA. don't know why they were testing the DNA at the crime scene, on the murder weapon, on the bloody clothes, and what the fuck do you think they find but an unknown male's DNA?
1: Of course. Mm. Wow.
0: But there was apparently found a moderate support that the blood on his shoe belonged to her okay so there was at least another person
1: yeah
0: right and just gonna speculate like yeah he was caught with like three hundred dollars that he had stolen from her like what if he had like stumbled across the body and stolen the money i'm not saying that's right either
1: no but robbing someone versus killing them is very different
0: (laughs) yeah So I'm not saying that Linda Lee is innocent. I'm not saying that he's guilty. I'm just saying that they're, I'm going to fucking say it. The state of Arkansas carried out a greatly egregious misstep in the fact that they were basically doing a fucking fire sale of death row inmates. They were like,
1: oh my God,
0: it's going to go bad, guys. Literally, it's like everyone have cereal for dinner because the milk's going bad tomorrow. (laughs) Like the
1: fucking shit like, how is that a thing? I just don't understand. It's not a thing. I just, I I guess, I mean, it's more like, how did they, how did this become like a thing? Like how, I can't believe this was allowed. And they was just like, all right, boom, let's go.
0: I, I don't know. And so this is literally like when I was doing my deep dive on the one that I picked, this is what came up. If it's not the right case, I don't know, but it still pissed me off. And I had to like, I had to talk about it here on the pod. Because this is like one of those things where it's like, one, I want to say this. I do wholeheartedly believe that Deborah Reese needs to have justice. Like, she yeah. was, her life was taken. She was murdered. She needs to be, she needs to have that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. However, like, we don't need to hastily run. We don't need to hastily run towards something because of a person's color. And three mm-hmm. people saw that this man. He could have been in that area for a myriad of reasons. He could have been robbing the area. We we talked about he he's a burglar. We know this. He mm-hmm. also has been known as a handyman. Like maybe he was in the area doing handyman work. We don't mm-hmm. fucking know. There is so many things. He could have also committed this crime. I'm not saying that he's innocent. But I'm also mm-hmm. saying that like it's not okay to have lethal injection because your fucking mixture is going bad
1: right like what the hell
0: especially in a case that has had controversy behind it where people are questioning it like that's the case that you're like maybe we let this one go and we don't do this like maybe if you have the case where the guy is caught on camera holding the gun shooting and killing someone you have police who've watched it you've had 95 eyewitnesses it was broadcast on national tv those are the those are the ones you do yeah. Because it makes yeah. sense, but not the one where like the fucking federal court has heard this. And the right. fact that this judge has gone on record to say, like, I don't give a shit. Like, that's basically what this says. And that's the other thing that pisses me off in this world is that we have judges who make the decisions who are just like, Oh, I don't care. Yeah. Even if that evidence was like a hundred percent not his, I'm not changing my mind because three people saw him.
1: That's scary. That's and terrifying.
0: There's not like, like detectives know that if you ask three different people to draw the same person, they're going to have different hair colors, eye colors, heights, all that shit. So like, mm-hmm. <sighs> frustrating. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that is the tragic story of Lyndall Lee. Very rarely on the pod do we actually tell the story like about the accused killer. But I just felt like this particular episode needed to talk about the fact that there was this. That's a horrible thing to put eight people to death because your fucking lethal injection was going, going bad. It was expiring. It just, it blows my mind. Yeah. With that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up today. Mm -hmm. And we will see you guys back here on Monday for another episode. Bye, guys.
1: Bye. Bye.